You're listening to episode 77 here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and I'd love to stay connected with you on social media. You can find me across all platforms using the handle at KellerThinks. Every one of us are already made brilliant. You don't have to create that brilliance and you don't have to wish you had it. It's already in you. But you're going to have to fight to find that brilliance and you're going to have to fight even harder to live out your brilliance. Now let's get ready to have a conversation that will challenge you to rebel against complacency and conformity and fight for brilliance in every area of your life. Welcome to this week's episode here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast. I'm Justin Keller, your host. And I just want to start up by saying welcome to anybody who is checking it out for the very first time. I hope you enjoy this episode and I would encourage you to give a few other episodes to listen as well and get a feel for the show. The format for this show is either a solo episode like today where I share different experiences and the things that I'm learning in my own personal fight for brilliance in my life or other weeks like last week where there was a interview with somebody and we dive into a topic and talk about their fight for brilliance in their life. And so thank you for tuning in. Thank you to those of you who share the show every week and who are part of this community weekly listening as well. This week on the show, I'm talking about self-improvement red flags. And so with that, let's get into this week's episode. We often hear about red flags when it comes to relationships, you know, these warning signs that either a new relationship should be avoided or that maybe an existing one isn't headed down a healthy path. Some of the warning signs are clear and there's really obvious reasons to believe that something isn't right, while others, they might just be early indicators that, you know, might provide some data for you to keep processing or in some cases even guide you towards course correction early enough to protect the relationship. But red flags aren't just contained to our relationships with each other. You know, there are red flags or warning signs when it comes to our physical and our mental health. There's red flags when it comes to our relationship with food or our diet. And there's also red flags to look out for when it comes to our relationship with self-improvement. And that's what I want to talk about here today. So in this episode today, I'm talking about five self-improvement red flags because even though we should always be growing and challenging ourselves, I have seen firsthand that there can be healthy and there can be unhealthy ways to consistently improve in our lives. And there is just such an emphasis on hustle in our culture and our social media feeds are bombarded by hype men and women you know, that have a way of sort of making us feel like we're never doing enough. I was talking about this the other day with a friend of mine and I was talking about how there's people that we both follow on social media that are really badass runners and what they can do is impressive. But one thing that they'll do is they'll go out and run, I'll say maybe 10 or 12 miles at a really fast pace, at least much faster than I can run at that distance. And then they'll call it an easy run today. <laughs> and all I can think when I see that is, why do you have to call that easy? Here I am running the same distance, probably a minute or two slower than you, and I'm pleased with it. And that effort was actually hard for me. And so it can sort of be deflating when I see someone else posting 
that 10 or 12 mile run was easy for them and it was much faster. And I know what I do with what I saw there and their results, that's up to me mainly to, to put that into perspective. And that's probably a whole nother episode in and of itself. But the point is that we are inundated with well-intentioned go-getters out there who seem to live in these extremes. And I think that it can unconsciously shape an unhealthy view and mindset towards growth in our lives. Now, I've personally experienced this. You know, There was a time where I was always trying to do so much for the sake of doing so much. There was no intentionality to the doing. And I wanted it to appear that I was doing a lot. I measured growth in terms of more and doing even more than that more before. But it was exhausting to keep that up and to live that way. I, I knew there had to be a balance. Growth has to be able to exist with, without exhaustion. You know, growth has to be able to exist without becoming a poster child for hustle. Growth has to be able to exist in a way that leaves me feeling like I am doing enough, even if on the surface it appears to be minimal. And growth has to be able to exist without ruining my life in the process. That's what I wanted to pursue. And here's the good news. Although I definitely don't have all of the answers on how to do this, that's not what this episode is about. I have experienced an approach to growth that is healthier than what I had once experienced and had pursued before. And because this is a process and it's something I'm still learning, I just thought what I would do today is share with you just some of the ways that I try to keep my relationship with growth and self-improvement in check. And so to do that, let's dive into these, what I call red flags of self-improvement and look at what it is and what it means to pursue a healthy relationship with growth in our lives. Self-improvement red flag number one, unhealthy discontentment. You know, one of the things I've had to watch out for is this feeling that I'm not doing enough. And I've really had to fight the urge to always be doing more. And I've had to learn to be okay with making some progress, even if it's not all of the progress that I want to make. It could be in an area as simple as setting intentions to maybe read a book a month. And then I end that month only having finished a few chapters of the book instead of finishing it like I wanted to. Or in my health, setting a goal to work out a certain amount of days or a certain time length and falling short of that. Or in my business, striving to hit certain revenue goals or getting a certain number of initiatives launched only to fall short of that goal. You know, what happens, at least what I've seen in my own life, is that if we're not careful, it's easy to have an all or nothing mindset with self-improvement and growth. You know, either we hit our goals or we don't. But that's a lie because progress, growth, and improvement, it's incremental and it's a cumulative experience, not a matter of all or nothing. You know, when we can no longer celebrate or find contentment in making some progress, even if it wasn't all of the progress that we wanted to make, that's a self-improvement red flag. Now, the reason that I said the red flag is unhealthy discontentment is because here's what's tricky about discontentment. It is a two-sided coin. You know, to some degree, you have to be discontent with where you're at in order to desire growth, right? Pain is a motivator. So on one side, discontentment can be a catalyst to change in your life. But on another side, 
discontentment can end up stealing your gratitude and really rob you of any fulfillment through the growth process. And so let's just kind of look at the difference between healthy discontentment and unhealthy discontentment. And so to distinguish this, here's how I would define healthy versus unhealthy discontentment. Healthy discontentment is the feeling that you know you're capable of more and there's a desire to see better for your life. This type of discontentment, I would say, is accompanied by grace and patience. Healthy discontentment is able to enjoy the process regardless of how much progress is being made. You know, it knows that something is better than nothing. It's realistic. Or it would sound a lot like the words of Arthur Ashe where he said, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Those words reflect the mindset of someone who has a level of healthy discontentment in their life. Now, an unhealthy discontentment is the feeling that you're not doing enough even when you're giving it your best. You know, this type of discontentment, I would say, would be accompanied by guilt and busyness. An unhealthy discontentment is never able to see beauty in the process and it's constantly measuring how much is being done instead of focusing on showing up consistently. And opposite of Arthur Ashe's words, an unhealthy discontentment has a mindset that where you are isn't okay, you don't have enough, and you can't do enough. It disregards small progress. It's unrealistic. So when you feel discontent, you have to decipher what type is it. If it's accompanied by patience and grace and you're able to be present through the process, then it's healthy. If it's accompanied by guilt and busyness and it forces unreasonable or unattainable expectations and efforts on you, it's unhealthy. You have to find contentment right where you're at, even amidst the necessary discontentment that you feel. And be able to know that you're capable of more and desire more, all while still being content. And you can be content without being complacent or apathetic. They're not the same thing. And contentment is not the absence of action in your life, but rather the absence of unnecessary or unrealistic expectations. Self-improvement red flag number two, exhaustion. I remember at one point telling my therapist that I felt like I needed a break from doing the work and I felt like I wanted to stop trying to improve. I was reading the books, I was listening to the podcast, I was spending the time challenging my actions, my thoughts, I was really putting effort into becoming better. But at some point I started to feel like there was so much disruption in my life and the work to try to improve in so many different areas really left me feeling like all I wanted to do was rest. I don't remember her exact words, but I do remember her letting me know that it's normal to feel that way. And she helped me embrace that rest is part of the process of growth. And for some of us, this can be a hard concept to not understand, but practice. You know, we, we have to be continually growing. I get that. But that doesn't mean that our growth is without rest. Rest and growth go hand in hand. For example, let's look at muscle growth. Now, after you work out, what your body does is it repairs and replaces damaged muscle fibers. And it goes through a cellular process where muscle fibers are fused together to form new muscle protein strands. And these new muscle protein strands increase in thickness and in number to create muscle growth. And basically, 
muscle growth ends up occurring when the rate of your muscle protein synthesis is greater than the rate of muscle protein breakdown. And what's interesting about this, put aside all the geeky science talk there, I guess, is that this adaption, however, does not happen while you are actually lifting weights. Instead, it occurs while you rest. And I've always just found that to be so interesting because the growth actually happens not even in that action of lifting weights. That growth is happening in that state of rest. And that repair is part of the process of growth. And I think in our lives, we discount that part of the process and we all we overemphasize the action and the lifting of weights or the reading of the books and the, just the motions that we go through. And we don't give rest the credit it deserves and the role that it needs to have in the growth process. You know, it's okay to take a break from reading the books, listening to the podcast and just enjoy maybe even the season that you're in. You know, adapt to the new growth that's been happening in your life and allow your improvement to continue as you're just putting to practice the things that you've learned. You know, if I'm ever feeling exhausted in my self-improvement journey, I do not hesitate to rest anymore. You know, that exhaustion is a red flag that's there to slow me down and uh, really remind me to allow the process, the proper process of growth to take place. You know, we have to remember that rest is not inaction, but rather part of the process that allows what we're being challenged in or what we're learning to begin to build and fortify in our lives. Self-improvement red flag number three, comparison. British writer Elizabeth Ware wrote a story called The Sparrow's Quest. Now, the story starts out with the sparrow looking for food, and what it does is it sees some movement on this icy pond below. So it flies on down, and once it lands on the ice, it realizes that that movement was only a twig. And in the story, the sparrow tells the ice that it's cruel, and then it asks the ice, how does it feel to be the greatest power there is? The ice laughs and says that the sun is more powerful because it can melt away the ice. So the sparrow then goes on a journey trying to find out who is the most powerful of all. The sun says that the clouds are because they can cover him. Uh, the clouds say that the wind is more powerful because it can move them. The wind says the mountains are more powerful because that's the one thing they can't move. And then the mountain says that the grass is more powerful because it covers the mountain and they can't shake it off. And then the grass tells the sparrow that it's the worm who is the most powerful because the worm can go beneath the grass and disturb the roots. The story ends with the sparrow finding a meal, which happens to be the worm, <laughs> but he realizes that he was powerful enough to begin with. And this kid's fictional story doesn't sound too far removed from the childish game of comparison that we play as adults. We look at another and think that they have more figured out. They are stronger. They are better. Meanwhile, someone else might be looking at us thinking the same thing. And then this vicious cycle of comparison continues as we look around at each other to set our standards, to define our success, and we never fully look within ourselves. If you're a business owner and you see a fellow business owner is hiring staff and expanding, you know, it can be easy to start to feel like maybe you're not doing something right if you're not needing to or not wanting to expand like they are. 
you know, if you're trying to improve your health and you see someone is losing more weight, they're doing more workouts, you know, it's easy to start to feel like the progress that you're seeing isn't enough. No matter what area of life that it is, comparison just puts you in a role that you're not supposed to be playing and in a story that you're not supposed to be part of. Now, there is a case to be made for using what you see someone else is accomplishing as inspiration in your own life. But the red flag is when someone else's life and what they're accomplishing starts to define what yours should look like and what you should be doing. And that inspiration becomes an idol or a defining benchmark for your life. Comparison just keeps you from seeing that you are enough and what you're doing is enough. You have to individualize the pace and the targets for self-improvement in your life based on who you are and where you're at, not by comparing yourself to someone else's life. Their growth does not have to be your growth. Self-improvement red flag number four, pride. The prolific French composer, Michel Legrand said, the more I live, the more I learn. The more I learn, the more I realize, the less I know. His words exemplify what I would call a healthy relationship with self-improvement and growth in our lives. You know, self-improvement is not about attaining or as Socrates refers to it as filling a vessel. Self-improvement is about bettering yourself, not being better than others. I believe a healthy relationship with growth in your life always reflects humility, never pride. In some ways, I would say that this even ties in with comparison because if you start to do the work to improve yourself in any area of your life, meanwhile, you see that others in your life aren't taking as aggressive steps as you are toward improvement, it's really easy to subconsciously or even consciously belittle them and esteem yourself. And I'm not even going to put this on you right now. I'm going to speak from my own experience because I've been guilty of that. And what happens is self-improvement can easily turn into self-righteousness and you turn your betterment into judgment against others. You know, you start to notice what others may not be doing or how they may not be doing something the way that you would. When self-improvement leads to pride and in return, judgment, that's a huge, huge red flag. You know, humility should be the companion of your growth, not pride. And to make it easier to keep your pride in check, I think it helps to just see our growth as a continual process rather than a destination that we're trying to arrive at and especially trying to get at better than someone else or before someone else does. Self-improvement red flag number five, inaction. This last self-improvement red flag is pretty straightforward and I think it can be captured in the lyrics of the song a little less talk, and a lot more action. You know, that country song first recorded by Hank Williams Jr. is obviously not talking about self-improvement. I know that. But it cracks me up because I think you could write a song for self-improvement called A Little Less Reading, A Little Less Listening, and A Lot More Action. Because at some point, the reading of the books has to stop. The listening to the podcast has to end, even if it means not listening to me for a week. You know, the scrolling, finding, and reposting motivational quotes has to, at some point, turn into action. And practice has to begin in our lives in order for growth to take place. I find it interesting that it's estimated by the year 2022 that the self-improvement market size will reach revenues of $13.2 billion. And it has only grown each year and appears to 
be on track to just keep growing. And the only way that really happens is by demand, right? And so while it's great to see that there are so many people prioritizing becoming the best human that they can, I think the numbers also reflect a large amount of consumption that I would guess is disproportionate to the action taken by consumers. You know, a red flag for self-improvement if, is if you find yourself doing nothing but consuming. And in a lot of ways, consumption is the safest way to take no risk and still be able to feel good about ourselves. You know, by constantly consuming, we still are able to convince ourselves that we're doing more than others. But I'd argue that action trumps consumption. In the words of St. Augustine, God provides the wind, but man must raise the sails. Your knowledge goes from information to currency with action. Growth should be constant and we should be bettering our lives always. But the challenge is to not let the act of improving become the thing. Because if it is, it can leave us no better off than we were before and maybe even negatively impact our lives. Now I want to turn it over to you and I want to ask what are some self-improvement red flags that maybe you've noticed in your life? Are there any that you would add to these five? If so, I would definitely love to hear from you. And so feel free to send me a message and connect on social media. You can find me using the handle at Keller Thinks across all platforms. And if you found this episode to be helpful, I'd also like to ask that you share it with others. Maybe just screenshot it, share it on social media, let people know what you're listening to. Or another way to do this is send the direct link to the show to maybe two or three people. Uh, and I know many of you already do this each week. And so thank you for being such contributors and being a part of this community fighting for brilliance together. It means a lot. And as always, if you haven't hit subscribe, be sure to do that. That way you don't miss any episodes. And if you haven't rated or reviewed the show, I'd also appreciate that as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope it was helpful for you and challenged you. And until next time, I will leave you with your weekly reminder that you, yes, you, you are brilliant.